Hi, you're listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life with me, your host, Mimi Novik. I'm so happy and thrilled to have you here with me. I have created this series for all of us so we can change our world together and live a more holistic and balanced life. Together, we will share lots of inspiring stories from all walks of life, speak with leading experts, enjoy healthy living ideas, explore music and subjects that inspire each other to always have hope. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all of you. Hello everybody and welcome to a new episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. I hope all of you are well and enjoying the day today. Today we have a rather wonderful guest and I really have the pleasure to introduce the ever-eccentric Lord Chalkwell otherwise known as the delightful Nick Payne, entrepreneur, filmmaker and business guru, amongst many, many other things, which I'm sure he's going to talk to you about. He has a really amazing life story. He has had many, many experiences of life and he has known the very high of highs and the very low of lows and I'm so happy to have him today on the show. So he's actually in Chalkwell Towers so we're hoping, we've tried this a few times now but the signal's not very good but he's going to tell you about that also. So he's stuck somewhere in some magical tower but hello Nick. Hello, Mimi. Good afternoon. How are you? I'm fine. I'm very happy to have you here. <laughs> I'm happy to be speaking to you today. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> oh, bless you. Bless you. I'm, you know, we've had our little moments, haven't we, with the recording. But here we are. Now, tell everybody, tell the listeners what's happening. Why can we maybe are going to have a little bit of interruption through this um, whole recording? Yeah, well, because I think I think maybe there's some sort of electric going on in our heads between us. Maybe I don't know. I've ne- never experienced this before, but uh, I know we've tried to um, tried to record this a few times, and for some unknown reason, there seems to be sort of like an interference all the time, and I don't know why. Maybe you'll be able to tell me a bit more. Well, yes, we can think. we can we can talk about that later. But tell me because also you're in Chalkwell Towers, so there's not a very good. Um, Wi-Fi signal. No, no, there? no. I'm, I'm at the top of the. I'm at the top of the tower, and in Chalkwell. And um, yeah, I'm, as I say, it's somewhere I'm thinking about uh, starting to uh, do some broadcasts from soon as well, which will be be fun. But so, no, it's it's a it's a lovely place. Overlooks overlooks the Thames Estuary, which is really lovely. Beautiful. And it's, it's really good um, good atmosphere up here. I love being up here. I spend a lot of time up here. But the Wi-Fi isn't particularly good so if we get a bad signal then that may be the reason why but um i'll have to sort out a good signal for when i broadcast though yes i know this is something you i want to ask you about that later um but please before we go on to that interesting new you know venture (laughs) that you're going to amongst many tell tell us a little bit because i know you have tell us a bit little bit I'm going to leave it to you to tell us what you do. You're an entrepreneur, a filmmaker, etc., etc., and you have had a lot of things going on in your life, and then you had one of those life-changing moments. Yeah, I um, mm. well, as I said, going going back from when I left school, I was lazy at school. Dad got me a job, did an apprenticeship, hated it. Went to Canada, spent three months in Canada, came back, and sort of got into the uh, the print side of things because I was bookbinding before mm-hmm. and drifted through, um, got into print sales and I was in just purely print sales for over 30 years, ran large sales teams. Um, and eventually I, I then, um, after 30 odd years, I had this breakdown. I'd experienced mental 
illness or mental side of things for being unwell really from when I can remember from probably when I was about 12 or 13 from when you become responsible I suppose and uh, and I sort of had bounce of it and then in 2010 I had a really bad breakdown and I ended up not working for nearly three years and I spent um, I spent five months in 2012 in a psychiatric unit and uh, it was an awful experience looking, well, at the time it was awful, but looking back at it, I think it really sort of saved my life in a way. Um, I tried to, tried to take my own life a few times, which um, obviously it was a very, very bad time, in my, a very dark time in my life. And I, um, as I said, I, I then was in hospital for five months but after three and a half months of the hospital stay, they gave me ECT, electroconvulsive therapy, which um, I truly believe changed me as a person, changed my personality, really. But I think it, it saved my life because since I had the ECT, which which is in 2012, um, October, I've not had one depressed day. And I can honestly say that hand on heart. And, and I know what the difference is between depression and feeling down and deep depression is a really dark place to be and I've not had any depression and I find it amazing that um, now I sort of cope with things really well I set I set my company up Bo Brummel Productions um, in 2014 and what does that do what is that about well I started off um, just purely broking print so I've got a lot of print contacts um, built up a sort of roster of print companies that I did so so because I've got the knowledge, I know where to place, you know, a, a particular print job, a short run print job or a long mm-hmm. run print job or whatever. So, yeah, so I built up a roster of people to go to and people trust me. I see a job through. But it was just initially doing print. And then about about four years ago, a lady contacted me that was in my one of my sales teams. And I got this message on LinkedIn saying, crazy cat, where are you? <laughs> and and I, yeah, and so I. I she knows you well, then. She does know me well. Yeah, <laughs> Alicia. Alicia, love. She's absolutely lovely, Alicia. She's she's a lovely girl. And um, she contacted me, and what it was, they needed help. The company she worked for was only there was only three or four of them in the company. They needed help converting sales and going out on the road. And anyway, I, I went on a consultancy basis, and yeah, sort of started selling design services um, for them. But then um, I didn't realise, but his wife, Ed, Edward's wife, he's her boss, um, his wife used to be the uh, editor for, the, for a Top Gear and Travel show. Mm-hmm. And she asked me if I would sell film services because she thought that I could, you know, do a job for her. And we, we, it worked out that we, we sold some, I sold some um, TV commercial work, some broadcast stuff. And, and yeah, and, and I loved selling um, film services. So then um, after about two years ago, I decided not to consult for anybody anymore and just to take the ball by the horns and do it all myself. So now I broker print, uh, print services and also I buy in film services for um, website films, um, all type of film work, really. But I'm developing that side of it now and I just love it. I really love the film side. And, uh, yeah, so I also offer all, all different types of creative things. I think I think if you can sell, you can you can really sort of sell anything. And, and as Richard Branson said, you know, if you pick up a project that you're not sure about, then take it on and find out how to do it. And that's sort of what I do, really. Yeah, I love that saying, actually. That's one of my favourites. You know, you learn as you go along you, and don't miss an opportunity because in life opportunities usually only come around once I think I don't know whether you actually believe that as well Nick but um, sometimes it's one of those things that life is showing you that it's time it's time to take that chance in life yeah absolutely and it's never too late as I said you know Mm. going back to when I was ill I was 53 then and uh, you know a lot of people maybe would think well you know I've had my time you know I was earning a lot of money when I was employed mm. and, the, and maybe people would have said, well, you know, that's it now. I've had my time, but I've got in, an incredible drive, you know, um, desire to do things. And I never saw it as an obstacle. So I just did it. You know, I'm lucky really, because I've got, um, as I said, this drive, 
I think this comes from I've been di- diagnosed with bipolar, and I think I've got bipolar. But um, it, the upside of it is is this drive, and uh, that's what really gave me the, the, the impetus to do it again after. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll never lose that. As long as I can work, I'll always want to work and just you know love love the opportunity to meet different people. And um, yeah, it, it's it, it's you know meeting up with different people is the thing. That, that I love. Unfortunately, my work now doesn't really isn't really as um, as much as sort of physically meeting people as it used to be. But when I do get the opportunity to go out and meet people, I, I love it, and people seem to like you know working with me as well. So it's mm, good. Mm. And Nick, before you had this episode where you ended up in hospital, mm. if you try to compare your life then to your life after that episode. Tell us a little bit about how you felt before and during and after, because I think it's important to know that there is hope after things that happen to us. You know, tragedy can befall us and all sorts of, you know, things in life can happen. But tell us a little about, did you know, did you feel that you had to change your life before this happened? Um. Well, I knew that I knew that I couldn't carry on going on the way that I was um, because because it was just too much. I mean, I never I never really used to think of of anything other than work. It just was consuming me completely. I mean, I mean, before I went into the National Health Psychiatric Hospital, I went to the Priory and um, uh, which was a wrong thing to do. But anyway, I went there. They should never have really taken me on because I was too unwell. But anyway, I had to I had to answer a questionnaire. And it was saying about how I felt, how I filled my days and things. And all I could think about was work. That was all that I could think about. I mean, I had a family and, you know, obviously things went on with my family. You know, we, we had a good life, but I was just totally consumed with work. So I knew that I, I didn't have any balance, you know, work and life. And I didn't have any balance. I was just literally focusing on the work. So I knew that I, I had to change. Um and what I did need was a was a complete rest from everything. And I didn't, as I said, I hated being locked up for five months, essentially with what, what happened to me mm. in 2012. But when I look back at it, I needed to do that because I needed to come off of the um, the treadmill completely. And, and really, you know, I wasn't really knowingly evaluating it all, but I guess I was at the time. And then when I came out of that, I think, I think, what the ECT did, I, I can only, um, is I think it rewired my brain because I, I don't think the same way anymore. You know, I have time for things now, whereas, and I can juggle things around so much better. I couldn't, I wouldn't have survived six, seven years ago before mm. the breakdown. I wouldn't survive, um, wouldn't have survived like I have now. You know, I've had my marriage break up. You know, I, my dad dies soon after that. All these things, you know, I had to rebuild my personal life rebuild my business life and I couldn't have done it before so I do think the ECT was the thing for me anyway that changed me I do yeah and now now as I said you know I, I run a run you know it's not rocket science but run my own place mm-hmm. you know I, I make all my own decisions you know my wife before Linda still married but we're not together obviously and but she sort of did lots of things for me and now obviously I, I do all the things myself you know make all my decisions and and, uh, you know, and, and I think before as well, I would have been worried about taking certain risks and chances. Whereas now, you know, it'll be calculated, but I'll take chances now, you know? Different chances, do you think? Yeah, 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 different chances. Yeah, I'll, mm. I'll, I'll look at something and I'll think, yeah, that's that's what I want to do, you know, and I'll, I'll have the courage of my convictions and I'll do it. Whereas before I wouldn't, I mean, don't get me wrong, I was, you know, I used to push the envelope out and, as I said, I was a good salesman. I'm, I'm not trying to be humble, but I wasn't good at much. But I, but I was a good salesman, good communicator. And um, and as I said, yeah. It, now I've, I've, I've now I feel I'm a I'm a good all rounder, and I've got this um this 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 complete belief in myself now. And that's and that is honestly that is the truth. And before I didn't have that belief in myself. People used to say, "Oh, you know, you got so much confidence, you got this and you got that." But I didn't actually within myself feel that. But now I do completely. 
I've got this unbelievable confidence and belief in myself. And where do you think that that came from, Nick? Um, I think it was always there. Mm-hmm. But I just think that I don't know. I just held back, and and I didn't have. I don't know. I just didn't have the, the faith in myself before. Uh, I think I do. I, I know I'm going back to the ECT, but I think that my brain needed something needed to happen, and I think that was the thing that changed me. I think it was always there, but it was like the the flow. It wasn't it going round in my head before, but now everything's connect. I feel everything's connected up, and I feel. The best that I've ever felt in my life. It's it's an incredible feeling. You know, I'm 60 years old now, and I feel like I've got so much energy, so much creation, so much desire to do things. And I, I've got this, and there's almost not enough time to achieve all the things that I want to achieve. You know, because there's so many opportunities, I suppose, and new worlds that have opened up um, yeah. before you that maybe were, you know, maybe because of the work that you were so. How can I say? It was just a work-focused life. Now maybe you can smell the roses, as they say, and taste oh, taste life in a different way. Would you say? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and I genuinely, I love life. I love every. And I'm not trying to, but I love every day. I actually, in the evening now, I look forward to the next day and what I'm going to do. And even if I don't do much, I achieve try and achieve something. And I actually now live for today you know with the constraints obviously it's not like it's the last day but um i live for today and i try to get as much out of every day as i can i mean i'm taking a counseling course at the moment as well um oh yes you said what what is that what's that what is that about well um because of my experiences with mental illness and i just Mm -hmm. thought it might be a good idea um to to learn you know about about the 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 counseling side because i had an awful lot of help a lot, lot of counselling, um, and uh, I just wanted to know more about that side. But I, I've been told by the lecturer, and actually, because I still see a psychiatrist every six months or so, because I'm still in the mental health system, even though I was discharged a long time ago, mm-hmm. that they wanted me to look at life coaching. So that's an area that I would like to pursue as well, the life coaching side. Um, I've also sort of like on the spiritual side, as I think I mentioned to you yes. on that side, about four, three, four, five years ago, wouldn't have even, I'd have laughed about it, yeah? Mm-hmm. But I had yeah. A, I had an experience with somebody that I met um, that really sort of changed the way that I thought about things, a woman that I met, mm-hmm. um, changed the way that I thought about things. And I thought these these experiences with this person couldn't have happened without something doing it yeah so that changed me and that was that was three years ago four years ago and what happened uh, can you tell us a little bit about yeah, um, yeah, what yeah, happened? yeah 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 well I, w- I went out to france um with, to my friend brian gower my old friend brian gower and uh and uh, him and his wife kim um had a golf course there they sold it a couple of years ago and i flew out to um to bergerac and um and my friend said to me at the time, shall we go and have a pizza? And I said, and there's this little tiny place um, called Amy. And, and I said, yeah, that'd be great. Well, I'd, when I was at the airport, I put that I was flying from um, from Stansted to Bergerac. And some people, you know, like things on Facebook and whatever. And I'd noticed this. I won't name a name, but mm-hmm. I noticed this particular lady had been liking some things. And uh, I went out to there and we, we drove to Amy and we pulled up and it was heaving because it was the beginning of the sort of summer season. It was April and it quite far south in this, you know, down in France, in Aquitaine in France. And um, and my friend asked if there was a table and uh, the guy, the waiter said, I don't think so. I'll go and have a look. Anyway, he came out and he said, yeah, I've got one table left. And it was, a t- anyway, we walked in there. It was a tiny table and I sat next to this um, young lady and my friend sent next to this other lady and uh, my friend said bonsoir and, and they went bonsoir and, and I we'd come out of this quite heat, you know, from heat outside and I went, God, it feels a bit cold in here and, and she went, you're Lord Chalkwell and I went, well, I'm, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I am, right? And, and I mean, of all the chances, of all the places we... we in all the make, world, in all the in world. In all the world and, and, and she, and I couldn't believe it, yeah? And then her and I started talking and then 
And then I, I she knew I liked music. This was a month or two after I was at home and we made a phone call because we exchanged numbers. And she said, if there was a piece of music, what, what piece of music would you say would be our song? And I said, well, this song I was thinking about called Home Thoughts from Abroad, and it's a really old song. And then, and, and when we put the phone down, she phoned me back and she said, how did you know I was from, she was from Worcester? And I said, I didn't know that. And she said, because... Clifford T. Ward, who wrote the song Home Thoughts from Abroad, lived five minutes from from um, where Clifford T. Ward lived. And I, I couldn't believe that either. And that was a little bit strange. But the thing that really did it was she had a friend that was um, used to be a British Airways steward. And funny enough, this woman was involved in a really strange situation because um, there was a steward, there was there was a window in the plane, the airplane that, that, that got struck by something and the window got smashed in the plane when it was at high altitude and one of the stewards got sucked out the window, yeah? And it really affected her. Oh, my her. goodness. She, yeah, yeah, it's true. Honestly, it's true. And um, anyway, but this, this woman... Um, was a friend of this this lady. I won't mention this lady's name mm-hmm. that I met in France. Um, anyway, but this lady had been going through a really, really bad... I didn't know this when I met her in France, but she'd been going through a really bad time with a guy. He was a complete narcissist, absolute nightmare, and I experienced the things that she was going on um, was going on between them, but I didn't know this at the time. And with these narcissistic guys, I guess there must be women as well, but with this particular guy, um, he was just an absolute um, an absolute nightmare um, to her. And what had happened was all of her friends and her family had been saying to her over a long time, you know, you've got to get away from this guy, you've got to get away from him. And um, so this this lady said to this air stewardess, um, I've met this guy, you know, Lord Chalkwell, Nick Payne in mm. France, and um, he seems a really nice guy. Well, this, so this, this lady called Sue, the air stewardess, she looked me up on Facebook and, you know, with the music sort of side of it, there's this guy called Nick Drake who, unfortunately, he took his own life as well, but I love his music. It's got this melancholic sound, you know, and I think that reflects how his, how his thoughts were. But anyway, I love his music. And so does Brad Pitt, funny enough, because Brad Pitt did a programme on him. Oh, anyway, okay. but Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. And um, anyway, so so she was looking, her friend was looking up, um, you know, me on Facebook for for this lady because she didn't want her to fall into another trap mm-hmm. and um there was a picture that somebody posted on face my facebook page about five years ago because he knew this guy knew that i love nick drake and it was in a pub in staffordshire called the bell well this woman looked up looked me up on facebook for her friend who i met mm. and it turned out she she put she this woman had put this picture of nick drake up in the pub and i couldn't believe it and she phoned the lady and said to her i can't believe what i've seen i've been through nick Payne's facebook to check him out for you and i put that picture of nick drake up in the pub in the bell and, and i thought these things can't couldn't have just happened it makes me go cold even thinking about it now you know yeah, yeah. no such so, thing so, as a coincidence no i just thought it was hmm. it was and, and this lady said um, you know, Nick, we've been brought together for a reason or a season, and her parents had both died, and um, and I truly believe that she was in deep trouble with this guy because he was an absolute nightmare. Mm. You know, I got I got him. I actually told her to get him arrested, which she did, but then she took she, she uh, his his parents phoned up the police station and was begging for him, to, and she she said, "Oh, I'll drop the charges," but he was an absolute nightmare this guy anyway but uh but that experience really made me sort of think about the whole thing and i thought there must be something in this spiritual thing you know and is that would you say would you say that you were always a spiritual person but you'd hidden from it and this experienced you know i don't know made you awaken to that or do you think this is a completely new thing for you I think for me at the time it was a completely new thing. I didn't even think about it. And as a child, even... did you ever have any of these types of experiences? No, I didn't. But I always felt I always felt different. I don't know whether that was because of I had some, you know, this bipolar going on then that I didn't realise. But I always felt different. In what way? Just... In what way? Um, I don't. I can't explain it really. I I, I just felt that I was different that i was 
I, I don't I, I can't I can't explain it I, I can't explain it I, I used to look at other kids and all that and think I'm not the same as you but I didn't know what it was mm. I, I, I can't I can't really elaborate on that I just didn't feel like normal if you like yeah <laughs> well if, if there is such a thing I don't know I, I always say um, to people and they say that's not normal and I say to them I've never been to normal. Have you ever been to normal? I don't know. How much is the ticket to normal? Because I've yeah. never been there. And it's not a place, actually, that I would ever want to go. Because I no. think it's the, not abnormal, but it's the mysterious that is the most interesting, not the mundane. Yeah, no, I, I, normal was the wrong word. Mm. I'm just saying that I felt different. You felt Let different. Say, I felt different. And do you, how do you, is it something that you're, experimenting or is it something that you're looking I know that we spoke earlier and it's something that you would really like to get into more because I think when we go through these life-changing experiences it does change us on a profound level yeah absolutely absolutely and yeah with the spiritual side I, I would like to to pursue that I mean I, it's something I'm really really interested in and uh yeah so I'm definitely definitely going to pursue that after um well i'm sort of looking at things now really i even feel in this house there's like a an energy i can't explain it that i feel mm. that in this particular house there's things going on that, that sometimes and I, I can't explain it i mean this is quite an old building that i live mm. in um it was converted into residential in about the year 2000 i think it was but it, it used to be an old factory funny mm. enough and there's three of us in the same building but I don't know what went on, but certainly I do feel that there's things happen in this house. There's noises. I know everybody gets it, but you know when you just feel there's things that it, it just feels like it, like, like an unusual place. You know, it's even, it's a very quirky house I live in as well. It's a very very quirky looking house, and uh, but you yeah, like it. But you like it. Oh, I love it. I love it here. I, I, yeah, I, it's just very me. Mm. I'd say really. If somebody somebody got to know me and they came here. I, They'd, they'd know what I mean. It was, it's very me. It's a very unusual place, you know? So it sort of fits your personality. Yeah, yeah, de I would say so, yeah, definitely. And it fits your energy. You, you yeah, know, yeah. yeah. We're drawn to those things. I think we're drawn to the things that are similar to us and the people that are similar to us. There's some sort of a calling towards certain people and towards certain places. And sometimes it's not explainable, is it? No, no, that's right. And I mean, I would say over the last three or four years, I've, I've met, I've come across some really like-minded people. It's really fun. I don't know. I mean, obviously, when you're in a relationship and all that, I suppose you, you don't, you're not out there really as much. But since I've sort of been on my own, I've met up with some really, really like-minded people, and it's quite refreshing, really, because you tend to, you tend to think that it's only you that's like you are, but there's not. There are other people out there, you know. That, um, that are like-minded. So it's been a great sort of journey, but especially, you know, I mean, it was a great, well, I had a great, you know, marriage life and whatever, and, and that was good. But as I said, I suppose it's like a new chapter for me now, and I'm meeting up with these different people, and uh, I'm loving it, you know, I'm absolutely loving it. And, and people like to, you know, people do tend to like to be around me as well. And, and I'm certainly very gregarious and, and I love to go out and I love to sort of like experience different things, you know. So it's all it's all good. I can't say how much I enjoy my life now, you know. Which love is, it. In a, it, it is a miracle. It is a miracle because... What you've been said, through, what you've been through and what you've come through to where you are now, it's miraculous. Yeah, yeah well, I, I don't think of it as miraculous, but I, I think mm. that um, when I look at it, you know, get, getting, you know, overcoming that that period of time mm. as I said you know it was when I was in my 50s and and I've just I've got through it you know and and I'm in such a good place now you know I've got I've got two grandchildren as well you know I love them to death and when my when my own two girls were were young you know and and really I mean I never really spent much time at home I was always out everybody wanted to go out in the evening you know to be entertained mm. and that's what I did but now I've got the grand my two grandchildren I actually see them growing up and and to me, that is just, I know, you know, it's amazing, you know, and, and they love me. I, I see them on FaceTime and whatever, and, and they love me so much, you know. And also, what, what is also lovely, the other day, 
actually it was Linda, my, my wife sent sent a letter to my daughter, Nancy. It was a letter that Nancy had written about me when it was about it was about um, 15 years ago. Um, no, 10 years ago. It was about 10, 11 years ago. And it, it was, she was quite young then, Nancy. And it was saying what a good dad I was and, and how determined I was and, that I, you know, that I'd suffered from mental illness. But she was saying the most lovely things about me. And I didn't realise that the kids even knew anything about me because I was very rarely at home. Do you know what I mean? But having said that, when we lived, we lived in a really quite a big house in up the road in West Place called Westcliff. And all the all of the school friends used to love coming to our place because there was always music being played. When I think back, you know, loads of music, loads of fun. I suppose so. I suppose that's what Nancy was talking about. You know, I think that we underestimate that children don't realise things and don't comprehend things, but really, children you know, if we look back to our own childhood, there's so much that we comprehend as children that in a very simplistic way. And yeah. that's usually the best way. So I think a lot goes on in children's minds that we can't, you know, we have been children, we have been there, but we can't really understand what they understand. So I no. think it's beautiful that, uh, you know, that she had such a high view of you, really. It was amazing. I, I've got the letter here. And it, it, and it must have made you proud. Oh, absolutely. Unbelievable. I felt so good about it. And I mean, my other daughter, Frances, she's my stepdaughter. And I, I moved in, when I moved in with Linda, Frances was four. She's 34 now. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, she loves me to death. And, and I'm, I feel the same way about her. And, you know, when, 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 we were, when she was young and, you know, up until, I don't know, 15, 16, we had quite a strained relationship. But now we've got the most wonderful relationship. And Frances is the most wonderful woman, really. She's, she's absolutely so kind and caring and, you know. And so I feel so, this is the reasons why. I've got everything, you know. I've just got, I, I know I, I have, I've got everything. I'm lucky. And I feel just blessed that I'm mentally well. And that, because when I wasn't mentally well, I couldn't do anything. I was, you know, you, you're, you're paralyzed every way. Now I've got the freedom, you know, even though we're locked down, I, I was used to, I'm sort of used to it, mm. you know, um, because I had that time in the hospital. But now the fact of even being able to, able to go out and exercise, you know, to me, that's just lovely. So, as I said, I just feel in such a good frame of mind, you know, it, it, blessed. You are, you are, and you are truly blessed, and we are truly blessed. And yeah. I think that maybe the difference is, and the rare thing, and the most, you know, precious thing, is that you actually are have a, a strong gratitude for these simple things, these beautiful things, you know, with your family, for being alive, for being able to explore new things. And it's this gratitude that really changes the perspective of our life when we are truly yeah. grateful for what we have. Mm. Yeah, and I think a lot of people lose sight of that. And, um, you know, it is so important, as I said, just to be to be happy and to be positive. And I mean, I know I'm lucky. I mean, some people... You know, at the moment, I mean, with the lockdown, I mean, some people are in in flats and not, you know, small flats with children and, you know, and you've got people in care homes and, and, and it's very, very difficult for yes. people. I think being on my own, you know, at the moment, I'm people would say, oh, you know, you're not, are you lonely? Oh, well, I'm not lonely. No, because, you know, we've got all this technology now. You know, you look back, look back at nine. I didn't know too much about the 1918 Spanish flu, as an example, but there was 228,000 people in this country alone died of Spanish flu. You know, and they didn't. And people in those days, 1918, not many people had radios to communicate, let alone anything else. Mm. Certainly, no television. Tele television didn't come until the early 1940s. But, but you know, um, certainly to the masses, the television wasn't till the mid 60s, late 60s. So. In, but it must have been horrendous then, you know, and I know, I know we've had nearly 30,000 people in this country, which is an absolutely awful diet. Mm. But can you imagine if we hadn't have had the communication that we've got now, there would have been, it would have been an awful lot worse, you know? For sure, for um, sure. Um, and, and anyway, so, so, you know, I just sort of see things and no, I just love it, love every day. And it, it's so lovely to hear that someone in, 
you know, as I say to you, it, it is a rarity to hear somebody being grateful for their life mm. and for everything and everyone in their life. Because in this day and age, Nick, everybody is looking to what they haven't got. Yeah, and absolutely. I think the difference with you is that you're looking to everything that you have got. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. As I said, and it's not as I said to you before. This, it's like it doesn't. But I still, I'm still looking for things all the time. I'm not thinking, well, yeah, well, I've done all that and I've done that. You know, I've had my life, you know, and I'm just going to tinker about. I, I've got so much determination and energy, and desire to learn like new things, you know, and explore uh, different avenues, you know. You still have the zest for life. Oh God, and also, even though. Even though I'm, you know, I'm grateful for what I've got and all the rest of it, and I'm, you know, and if I died tomorrow, I'd be, I'd be satisfied with what I've achieved, really satisfied with what I've achieved, and that's true. You know, I'm still very ambitious, though, still very driven, and I don't think I'll ever lose that. That will never leave leave me. But now I can balance another side of my life as well. It's not just about work. work. It's not just about money, which it used to be. Mm. It's about it's about other things now. Things that are equally, probably more important, you know? You've been there, you've done that, and now it's a chance for you to try a different type of life. So, Nick, what is is your vision? What are your hopes for your life now? What are you hoping Uh, to achieve? What what is there still out there that you'd like to do in your lifetime? Well, as I said, I'd like to explore the spiritual side more. Mm -hmm. Um, And... Um, and different things. I know some of the things that you do. I'd like with the, the like in terms of physically doing things, voiceover work. Some people have said to me that you know they they like my voice and I'd like to do that. I'd like to get uh, do more singing and things when I because I, lo- I love to sing and I love to perform and so I'd like to do things like that. But I but to be honest with you, you know I just want to to me the most important thing is to keep well. And mentally well is the most important thing because, and physically well, you yeah. know. And as long as I've got, as long as I've got mental and physical health, to me, I can achieve anything. There's nothing that I can't do. You know, obviously, I'm not going to be able to run 100 meters in 9.5 seconds. But you know, um, I, I, I honestly believe that you know whatever I want to do, I can do. But it, but it, but it all stems down to, to keeping myself well. And to keep in a good balance of life. That's what it's about. It's a balance. It's the equilibrium of life. So that it flows in a way that you have this work life, you have the private life, you have this adventurous life. But everything comes in a balance as opposed to it being extreme. I think when we push ourselves in an extreme is where we lose our footing, so to speak. So, it, no, it, you know, whatever it is that makes us, you know, at that compass point so yeah. that we are grounded enough that we can then reach anywhere and do yeah. anything, literally. Yeah, yeah we, can, we can, you know. And I think, I, think fear, I mean, fear, fear is the thing that holds people back. Yes. Fear of failure. Mm-hmm. And fear of failure is, is just a terrible thing. And I used to have it. But I don't fear failure anymore, and I think you've only failed if you don't have a, if you don't try to do something, if you don't attempt something, or if you attempt something and it doesn't work out, you've not you haven't failed because you've tried. And a lot of people are frightened to jump off the diving board because they don't think there's any water in the pool. Yeah. Unless you don't, you know, if you don't try, you'll never know. No, you don't. You don't. It's important. I don't. When I when I go to a meeting, I honestly believe that I'm going to be succeed in any in the meeting mm. i go along you know and being tall as well i'm quite tall and and and, and a presence you know and i and i you know i i am not say i'll take over the meeting but you know i think when i walk in and I, I i do i've got my own fashion style as well i do tend to sort of have a quite an unusual well i say unusual it's not for me but it's a bit different so i go in and, well it's and rather I fancy it. i have to say it's rather lovely oh you're you're too kind and, it's and it's so, true. It is. It, you know, I'm going to tell. I'm going to say to the listeners, um, when they look you up, when you give all your details at the end and have a look, you know, it's very stylish and it has this unique style about you. And this is what's wonderful, you know, to accept this uniqueness of ourselves. And I think that's what you do. 
Yeah, I'm just me. I just that's the way I am. My dad was very dapper, but he wasn't like a dandy dapper. He was more of a very. My dad was a grenadier guard, and he was very stylish, very, very, very dapper dresser. Mm. My my grand my grandfather, he's his dad was a musical performer. He used to perform at the Hackney Empire in London and a few of the other musicals. I didn't know that until ten years ago. And my granddad died 72, 1972, I was 12. But I didn't know that about my granddad. And I think that um, that that sort of... Um, but he was very, very sort of uh, dandy. He, he used to walk... I've got pictures of him with, with spats on, you know, shoes. Oh, lovely. And, and, yeah, and top hat, top mm. hat. And, and uh, yeah, he was he was a very unusual character. Um, and actual, in actual fact, I've got a friend of mine that does the, the jeans side of things. And... Um, I'm going to look, look, look. I want to go more into his, my granddad's life as well mm-hmm. to find out more about because he was born. My granddad was born in 1890, believe it or not. Goodness and, me! Um, yeah, so I want to find out more about him. Um, that will be yeah. an interesting adventure. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. Well, I'm looking, I'm looking, looking into it because he, he was obviously in the First World War, and I, and I know he had medals from the First World War, but I don't know what he did. Mm-hmm. So I need to know. That's you know, an, that that would open another world again for you, of yeah. you know to explore something different about your life. And I believe that you know our ancestors, we are connected because we contain that DNA of them. So there must be an aspect of that within us that lives on. Like for example, your grandfather, and now because I know you love singing as well, and mm. you've done a few gigs have you not nick yeah yeah did a did a gig um local gig to me it was it was really a full it was a full house really and it was a really good gig i, I loved it i loved freddie mercury absolutely mm. an amazing voice but more to more to, than that he was an amazing to me an amazing character and a bit of an enigma really and um i just loved freddie stuff and i've got you know people say i've got a good voice and whatever um but i love performing so um, I want to do more of that. That's something I definitely want to do more of when I um when this lockdown situation's over. Yeah, I've got to got to focus more on that. But there's just so much to do. But that is certainly probably the the most one of the most important things that I'd like to do. Yeah. And you but, also mentioned Nick um, that you're going to start a radio show from Chalkwell Towers. Yeah, That's something yeah, that you're yeah, planning yeah. to do. Yeah, me and, me, me and one of my friends, she said to me about, you know, it'd be, be great to do a radio show because she's quite um, a character as well. And uh, so we're going to do it. We're going to be broadcasting from Chalkwell Towers at some point. I've just got to find out um, whether I need to get a license or whatever. I take it that you do. I'm not I'm not quite sure. But it's an idea that, that I definitely want to pursue. Uh, it's a great atmosphere at the top there in the house. And uh yeah, and a lot of people sort of know me around here as well. Mm. And, yeah, I, I guess it's just really, I like to sort of make people laugh and, you know, I'm a bit of a, bit of a joker as well, and she is as well. And I think it'll, we, we, have, we have a lot of banter, good banter. So, we, yeah, we're going we're gonna to start this radio show broadcasting from Chalkwell Towers, my house, yeah. Oh, be great. That, that sounds great. You'll have to go, come back on again and tell oh, us about it once you've set it up because we'd love to hear about it for sure oh, i will do i definitely will do no no it's um no it's it's, it's just something i want to do so she said she suggested so i just thought yeah why not you know no it's it's good for you it's a very inspirational story you know really when when you look at where you've come from sort of mentally and we all have our issues you know there's not a person in the world that doesn't have their own you know issues Mm. that's the state of humanity and the frailty of you know the human soul but Mm. um from where how you were to this transformation in the middle of your life Mm. and to where you are now to have this zest for life you know what inspires you nick who inspires you um well what inspired no nothing nothing in particular but i just love as i said people that that go out there and and do it you know and 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 as i say i i I love like entrepreneurial spirit i love just you know as i said people that that are not that are not phased by things you know I, i i mean even people like people are slagging off richard branson at the moment you know but but people like him you know where 
I know he came from a, a wealthy background, but, you know, he had to sort of form the Virgin himself and do that. And people like that, you know, I just love, I love success. And there's a lot of, in this country in particular, there's a lot, when, when people fail, I think there's a lot of people get a lot of pleasure from other people failing. And I, I don't, I love people to succeed, you know? Um, and, and that's what I like. I like triers. I like people that, that, that try and make an effort. You know, that's, that's what inspires me, really. And that is something that you certainly do. Yeah, well, you know, I, I, um, I, do, I do, yeah. yeah you do, I, I mean, you, you, it is, it, it's a fact. I mean, you have such a passion for life. And, yeah. you know, that's why I really wanted you on the show because uh-huh. this passion and this drive and this whole eccentric um personality that i love because it's so individual and you know in a world i had a few guests earlier on and you know we were talking about the world is always trying to make you the same as everyone else but it's not about that it's about being different and embracing it celebrating that difference and it's your difference it's your uniqueness get that can change the world Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, just a question to you: what, mm. what inspires you, as a matter of interest? Because you're a very interesting lady, and uh, I'm not yeah, that interesting. I, I think you are. I think you are. I think you Let me be the judge of that, darling. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, darling. Okay, okay, darling. So, 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 so what? In, what inspires you? Maybe mm. what inspires you, or who inspires you? Well, you know what? Um, I've always, you know, as a child, been very like yourself very different I've always felt different and I've always liked the mysterious and the magical and the mystical of the world and it's that that inspires me this subtlety that we were talking about earlier this subtle world that is around us you know the beauty of nature the beauty of people when I look at people I try to, the first thing, you know, we were having this chat before and it's like, I look at people's eyes, you know, they say it's the window of the soul right, and then I look yeah. at their shoes and that's just me because I've a, I have a shoe thing going on, but, um, yes, I know, I know. And it's the eyes, it's people, people inspire me. It doesn't matter who they are, what they are, but if they are you know, living their life amongst adversity and, you know, they could be suffering, but they're still trying, you know, because, you know, with my clients and with the people that I've met around the world, because I travel a lot, um, the one thing is the endurance of the human spirit, how no matter what, you know, if you look at this crisis that we've all been through now and we're still hopefully god willing trying to get out of it it's this endurance that the human spirit is really the most powerful thing yeah i agree and um love inspires me because i think we are all beings of love and if you love and i love and that person loves and if we reach each other with love then that is for me the ultimate inspiration yes yeah, it's, it's, it's true as i said and and this and, and you know you brought it up with this situation at the moment i mean we're seeing so many inspiring things and one of the things i love is the fact that the air is cleaner the pace is slower and people are actually contacting people that they go oh yeah i must contact so and so but they never get around to it mm. and and i think there's an awful lot of good come out of this as well Yes, I know you agree with that. I do, I do, I do agree. There's a lot of good. I, I know there was a, there was and is a lot of, you know, sad events and people lost oh God, their yeah, lives. I, yeah, you know, absolutely. We know, know that, that, you know, and it's something that, you know, words fail me with regards to that. And mm. looking at the people that are left behind now, it's time for us to really reach inside of ourselves. And, you know, in the olden days, and actually even now in some places, you know, I was in the Sinai uh, a few years ago and there were hermits there completely right. on their own and they go into seclusion. And this seclusion of the world 
as we know it. It is like a huge spiritual and physical seclusion. And people do it, you know, spiritual people do it in order to gain some sort of insight and a further insight into their own soul. So I do believe that there is this huge seclusion that has gone on that we will emerge as better people, you know, and to look more into ourselves, into how we can help mankind, how we can be more useful to people and reach out to people with love. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm up. I subscribe to that, and uh, yeah, as I said, I think it's, I think it's. I mean, because you tend to think, oh, you know, when this is over, you know, people will go back to how they are. But I think it's been such a mammoth sort of um, event that uh, I don't think people can go back to how they how they were before. You know, and and I and I I honestly honestly hope. And that, that, and I do believe that people will change for the m- most people will change uh, for the better. But as I said, you know, it's been tragic for for so many uh, yes. people. I mean, I've, I've lost, I've lost. Well, I've, there's people that, I've, that have died um, from it, coronavirus, that I've known. Um, so Very sad. And, and it's um, my doctor died. Um, oh, he, was, he was the first doctor Zadie. He was the first GP in the in the country to. Um, to die of corona. I think he was the first health worker to die of, but he was a, a doctor. He was a lovely guy. I only, I only actually met him a couple of times, but he was a really lovely guy. Mm. And there was a, an artist friend of mine, Paul Carslake. He passed from corona as well. And Paul was the most amazing artist. And he was also like a model maker. He was very funny. Um, his sister as well was um, Joe Joe Woods, his sister from who was who was married to Ronnie Wood from the Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. But his studio was behind my house, oh, and uh, we we did some we did some projects together, um, some really good art projects. I mean, I'm not an artist, but I I got a couple of commissions that that Paul did, and um, yeah, we shared some really good times. You know, I didn't get to know Paul so well. I didn't get to know him quite well. But um, yeah, but as I said, it was so, it's so sad. And he went in, he was only a year older than than me, sixty one. But mm. a really, he was a lovely guy, Paul. He had a, he had a lot of time for people. Very very um, very lovely bloke, you know. And it's it's so, it, it's sad, but so sad. But there's a lot of people now. When you think when you think there's nearly thirty thousand people have died from this coronavirus, it's it's sort of touched so many families, you know. Mm. And that's why, you know, my view is and my belief is let it not be for nothing. Let us, you know, because of these people that have died also in their honour, in fact, um, do something with this world because the world wasn't going in a good direction, you know. So let their deaths not be in vain. Let us that have been left, you know, do something remarkable. For the rest of our lives, however, you know, long this world goes on for, let us do something remarkable. Let us learn from this, as in any type of, in a way, you know, the Prime Minister said, you know, this is an invisible war. And I do believe somehow, because I think we're all battling our own wars inside of us. And that's what we have to conquer. And I think the only way is through compassion and love. But thank you so much, Nick. It's been a pleasure. And, you know, before we end, tell me something. Tell me a little bit of advice and the listeners that you could give for life. You know, in a paragraph, what would be your advice? I would say don't ever fear, um, as I said, as I said earlier, don't ever fear trying something, something new. Um, have the um, courage of your convictions. And as I said, and look at every day as a new opportunity rather than thinking, oh, I'm really, you know, dreading the day. Just go for it and and make, make the most of every day. That's all I can say. Make the most. It's good advice. Thank you very much. And tell me, where can the listeners get hold of you, like social media, your website, give some details if they'd like yeah, to okay. meet with you or collaborate whatever it is that you know they, they okay. would like to do okay yeah yeah well i mean um my email address my company's called bo brummel productions and my email address is nick n-i-c-k at bo brummel productions.co.uk so it's nick at bo brummel productions.co.uk um 
my um you can you can contact me um my, my my phone number is actually is on my Facebook page, so my Facebook is Nick Payne in brackets Lord Chalkwell. So mm-hmm. if you put in Nick Payne Lord Chalkwell, I'm also under Nick Payne on Instagram. Um, I've got my own Twitter page as well. So all social platforms I can be contacted on. But as I said, if somebody wants to email me, if you look up Nick Nick at BowbrumwellProductions.co.uk, you can email me. I'm, as I said, I'm always open to sort of speaking to new people and if i can help or inspire anybody um in any way you know i'd love to you know wonderful wonderful thank you so much nick for being on the show thank you it's a pleasure pleasure. as always and Mm -hmm. you know a, a very inspiring story and something really for people out there to realize that every day is a new opportunity and not to give up hope but thank you so much and I hope to hear from you again on the show when you set up your radio show and all of that I would love to hear about that oh you will yeah but thank you very much Nick thank you Mamie thank you very much thank you thank you bye bye Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, Amazing story, Lord Chalkwell. Um, It just shows you that you really can start your life again, even when it's at rock bottom. So don't give up. You know, have hope in your heart. And thank you for joining me. And I'm sending you lots of love wherever you are in the world. And I hope that we're together very soon in the next episode. Thank you and take care. Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life, brought to you by your host, Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik, and her books, music, and inspirational work, take a look at her website, www.miminovic.co.uk. Let it go.